Well, uh, welcome to Round the Table with Christian Concern, the first one of 2022. I'm delighted that we've got Andrea Williams, our Chief Executive, here with us today, and special guest, Nadia Awida, um, who had a very important case that uh, was run uh, with the Christian Legal Centre some years ago uh, that set very important precedents um, for us. Um, so I'm hoping Andrea and Nadia will um, pop up on the screen very, very shortly, um, and we can talk about those cases. Hi, Andrea, and hi, Nadia. Very nice to see you. Thank you for joining us um, today. Um, so, Andrea, why don't you introduce Nadia? Um, because you were involved in the case at the time. Only at the very beginning. I mean, I think that was one of the things that was quite extraordinary about Nadia's, uh, Nadia as a person, is that she, I, I would say this now, I mean, this case, because your case, doesn't it, Nate, Nadia, goes all the way back to 2006. That's the, 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 it's a seminal case. It's called the, you know, the British Airways Cross case. You just say that in any room in this country, pretty much, and most people know exactly what you are talking about. And Over it's about... Age, it should be said, perhaps, yeah. <laughs> <So> <laughs> <I'm>... <laughs> Most people over a certain age, perhaps one should say. Oh, yes, that's correct. <laughs> but certainly I remember it. And, and uh, I know many, many people remember this case, um, the, the British Airways Cross case. It was a very, very high profile case at the time, got huge amounts of media attention. And Nadia Reader was the lady um, at the centre of it all. She was. And that's why it's so wonderful and such a privilege to have Nadia with us today. And I remember early on in the case, uh, when British um, when British Airways actually changed their uniform policy about a year after Nadia uh, had said that she wouldn't uh, take off her cross or she wouldn't make invisible her cross. And let me just say, visibility of the cross in all of the cross cases, uh, the visibility of the cross has been one of the key arguments in the courtroom. Make, make the cross invisible, everyone says. Uh, and the visibility of the cross was one of the was was a major uh, issue going back right to the very beginning. And when BA reversed its uniform policy, I remember saying at the time uh, to Paul Diamond, who was counsel at, at the beginning with Nadia, I remember saying, "Well, that's a win." And I remember Nadia saying, "There's a point of principle here," and that's really how I want to to set it up because to say that now here we are. Um, what is it? It's, it's 14, 15 years later, and we've got the importance of your case and the context of your case across manifestation of faith, being able to wear symbols of faith, what the cross actually means. Your case is the start of that, and, the, the, and it's the jurisprudence around which so many of our cases have been argued when it comes um, certainly to visible manifestation of faith. So, so can we can we take a step back though, Nadia, yeah. and, and just tell us for those, there will be some people who don't know your case, okay, who are listening here or watching here. Um, tell us what happened to you and how this all became an issue for you. Initially, I went to, we report for duty. We, was, we sign in saying we're present. And one of the managers said, um, what is this? I said, it's my cross. We might have um, just lost Nadia there a little bit. Um, so Nadia was working as an air stewardess. 
um, on British Airways. That's right, isn't it? Um, and um, she wanted to wear a cross um, on her uniform, just a little necklace cross like she's wearing now, although you can't see it very clearly now. And she, it was important for her. She it was a confirmation cross, is that right, Andrea? Um, um, the, yes, it was a cross that she held very, she held uh, very dear. She didn't want to remove it. She felt that it was important as an expression of her faith. Um, I'm sorry that we've actually um, lost Nadia for the moment. Her connection was really um, excellent um, before we came uh, live uh, on air. And I think it'd be great to leave, uh, hopefully to get her back on and then to uh, get Nadia herself to tell, to tell us her story. But I think um, that... We... Well, the latest one was Shirley Chaplin. Why don't you talk about that one? Uh, yes. That was around the same time, Andrea, wasn't um, it? Sh um, Shirley, uh, Shirley Chaplin, um, who her case started four years later, in fact, and she was a, a wonderful faithful nurse who'd worked down in Exeter with the trust down there. She'd worked for 30 years and her cross was very specifically a confirmation cross that she had never taken off. And she was a, uh, she's a, I know that she won't mind me saying this, she's just a very quiet lady with a quiet faith, but this cross meant so much to her. And the outworking of her faith was very much the way in which she loved and served her patients in the hospital. Being a nurse was such a vocation to her and a job which we, she absolutely loved and was her expression of faith. And then when the, the um, Devon Nexter Trust changed their uniform policy, they asked that uh, Shirley Chaplin to remove her cross. They didn't want um, to be able to see uh, her cross. We were then, then as the years um, went by, or as before the case came to court, we sought um, to, uh, to, to to negotiate with the trust because it moved from, first of all, them saying um, that it should not be visible and to take it off to saying, well, this is becoming a BNA health and safety risk. Uh, you could be strangled. Someone could be hurt. Um, and so it became increased. This cover up of the cross became one of the central planks of argument. Another one of the arguments in her case uh, became that the cross itself was not a Christian symbol. And I remember in the case of uh, Shirley Chaplin that we were refused to put in evidence uh, in, in, in the early stages of the, of, of the case um, from Bishop Michael Nazir Ali, in fact, at the time, to say theological evidence to say that the cross was a Christian, uh, was, a, was a Christian uh, symbol. And so actually, we've got, I gather we've got Nadia back on the line now. Wonderful. Um, so I hope she can. My laptop uh, is playing back. up. I don't know what happened. So I'm on my mobile. So. Well, great. You're looking great anyway. Um, so perhaps we can go back just to your story then. You were working for British Airways. You turned up one day and somebody asked a question about your cross. Yes. And I said, it's my cross. It's my, my faith. And I was told to remove it because it wasn't uniform standards. And I was... Um, you know, I, I went into a, a side room and there were other colleagues coming in, reporting for duty, um, wearing a hijab, Sikh bangle, you know, and I was sort of made to look, you know, to stand out sort of like an odd, odd bod. Um, 
then one of the managers, duty managers came down and um, she, um, I said, if you want to remove it, you have to remove it yourself. In other words, I dared her to touch me, which she did, because she went away and came back with the lineard, put the lineard around my neck, uh, sorry, removed my, removed my lineard to, and exchanged it with another lineard and then put my, um, my cross, which I had on, um, and shoved it down my shirt and, uh, you know, my front. So she did touch me. There were no union reps around at about five in the morning or half past five, very early morning shift. So um, I was basically humiliated, really. And um, I went to see Dr. Vincent Cable, my then MP, and he took the case up. And um, then I was advised to write in appeals and appeals to where the cross and permission was not granted. So it started maybe um, up until September. And then Dr. Vincent Cable said, are you ready? And I didn't know what I was ready for. And he'd notified the media and they took a great interest. So that's how it started. And then it went worldwide, really. I mean, isn't that amazing, really, that it was your MP that uh, that, that yes. put you in the centre of, a, uh, in a sense, of a media storm? And I think that um, that's interesting, isn't it? And it really did captivate the media, but that then Nadia was at the centre of a global story around British Airways uh, essentially wanting the cross to be removed. Um, yes, or visibly out of sight. And now it's visibly out of sight, yes. Um, I was offered a job behind the scenes in cargo where I couldn't be seen and uh, I refused it because um, that was not the job I was employed to do and their argument was they couldn't put a hijabed person behind the scenes because that's not the job they were employed to do. Um, you know, they had a lot of finicky uh, rules which excluded the cross. And uh, at one point, um, I was um, stalked and emails were sent. Managers were emailing each other. And I, I have sight of that um, to say, if you see her we wearing the cross, um, you know, take action, take immediate action. So people, I was being haunted or stalked as I was, you know, do going around doing my duties. And then another another time again, I have sight of that, is that um, from their legal team to their employment team, um, they're talking about the cross because it was rumored that I was wearing a big cross like the Archbishop, you know, like a big, you know, very big. Uh, Three inches or something like that. Do you have the same cross on now, Nadia? Do you have the same cross on now? Do you have the same cross on now? Yes, yeah. Yeah, so there, there's the cross. And, you know, they didn't make a health and safety argument about this, did they? It was a visibility argument. It was a visibility argument. And um, it started off in the sense that um, it started off like equal opportunities, you know, um, fair play if they where they manifest their faith i can manifest my faith but it turned into a religious discussion with people who were not theologians or clerics to say uh, the cross is not necessary you don't need christians don't need to wear a cross 
you see. And this came from the main yeah. Yeah, and uh, when they were arguing it, it was a, a they were anti at the at the time. I don't know if they still are, but they are they were anti-Christian because the the emails from their legal to their employment says it doesn't matter whether it was a big cross or a small cross. The point is she was wearing a cross, end of. So that was the point. They did not want me to be wearing a cross. So it, it was quite, uh, I suffered nosebleeds, uh, ad hoc nosebleeds every now and then without my, you know, without prompting to have nosebleeds. <laughs> and um, yeah, it was quite stressful at times. But Nadia, as a result of the, 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 the public pressure in many ways, as a result of you taking a stand in the public pressure, BA did reverse that uniform decision, didn't they? And, they did. Um, oh, yeah. yeah, as I said, it was a business directive. Yes. And um, they allegedly said that their, their um, phone lines had crashed, the, the you know, everything had crashed because people were outraged. So I had a lot of support from colleagues and a lot of support yeah, from the public. And, and I dare not say, and because that's reality, is where two or more are gathered, I am present. I had plenty, plenty prayers and supplications and I prayed and I fasted and I did, you know, I jumped hoops and did whatever was necessary, really. I um, I fought with God, like Jacob held on to him. I said, "You're gonna, you know, can't leave me until you bless me." <laughs> and if uh, if you are the Son of God and you're Jesus and you were crucified, it's not my case; it's your case because I'm not denying you. So you said you're not going to deny me if I acknowledge you, and if I lose, it'll be your loss, not mine. So I was really sort of bold and sort of arrogant in a sense, really. And I you can really see um, people are watching live are Sorry? commenting and do do send through your comments if you've got them. But um, just one here from Francis. I think she says she's from Gibraltar. Um, anyway, bless you for your boldness. Um, so encouragements today as well from people um, watching now, um, Nadia. Um, so what about in, in court, Sandra? Where did it go then? Did it went, went to court, did it as well? Well, I think one of the interesting things for me, um, which and history has uh, shown that Nadia, in terms of her boldness and her great sense of injustice and the fact that there had been a fence at the cross. I remember that when BA reversed the decision, we, I remember myself thinking this is a time uh, to settle, but I'd like to perhaps bring Nadia back in uh, at this point because I think it would be great to hear with the with the eyes of of history um, how it was Nadia that you then um, you didn't feel that that was sufficient and decided to pursue the claim uh, against uh, the British British Airways. Perhaps you could just tell us how you were feeling at that time because many would have viewed that you many would say that you have won your cross at that time why why did you can take it why did you then take it up as a point of discrimination into the employment employment courts because i think that's a great thing to hear from you as the person that was really living through it at the time and i believe you know the okay, thing is I, I, actually, I, you know, I can say that i held that opinion at the time but you're the one who's been proved right because actually you're as i've said already your your, your case became seminal 
Well, it was at the very, very beginning when it first started and I was getting ready to go to work and I had my cross on and my uniform shirt and I looked in the mirror and I said, if I'm going to do this, Jesus, I have to do it properly. I can't be messing about because this is God, you know, um, supreme faith and the creator, my creator and my savior. So when, when it was okay for me to go to, back to work and it was a business directive, I had uh, messages or I had advice, let them think you won. Well, let them think you won is incorrect because even although I won going back to work, initially they did it as a business directive. They did not yet acknowledge that Christians have the right to manifest their faith like other colleagues. And I had Christian comment, comment saying, well, Jesus is in your heart, you don't have to. I said, no, I have to, why? Because if I see a Muslim woman, woman wearing a hijab and one not wearing a hijab, I will know immediately that the person wearing the hijab is, is a Muslim and she's following her, her faith, whereas the other one could, could either be following her faith or not following her faith. So um, this is how I took it because I was the radar. I was working with in a multicultural environment, supposedly with diversity and inclusion, and um, I was watched. So I had to stand up for so really, I for my this... faith and trust Jesus. So I think at this point, really, what we were seeing there that was that. Um, there was a business directive that essentially uh, reformulated the uniform policy so that Nadia could wear her cross, but there wasn't an admission that she had been discriminated against as a result of the wearing of her cross. And really no. this, discriminatory, this discriminatory point of the discrimination against Christians and, and the um, lack of respect or regard or acknowledgement that the cross was a Christian symbol within that workplace context was then what Nadia pursued through the courts. And Nadia, this took seven years, didn't it? Because you lost in the domestic courts. Um, and uh, it was a number of judges. I um, lost the, every, every court. <laughs> yes. I think it was something like 13 judges in total did not acknowledge well, the cross. I, I lost in all the courts in the United Kingdom. Yes. And then it took... Sorry, Andrea, I can't hear you. Yes. I'm so sorry about the connection, Nadia. We were doing so well. Are you able to hear me now? Yes. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, but actually, it was in Strasbourg, yes. but there... Yes, yes. The, there, the judges acknowledged that, there, that Nadia had been discriminated, that there had been a violation of Article 9, her freedom to manifest faith. And uh, that the interference had been disproportionate, that she had been, um, that she, that, that, that the cross was a Christian symbol. And this was, a, this was really highly significant and has been used ever since in terms of, uh, in terms of framing um, the uh, Article 9 and its reach, the freedom to manifest faith and its reach. But that took seven years to get there, didn't it? Losing in every court scenario. Nadia, I think she may have frozen again. 
That's correct. I say that um, the the idea was to, is to stand up and be counted for Christ and to be a witness. So it wasn't a matter of all legal jargon and you know the law says this or the law says that, but it had to be seen as personal relationship of faith between God and His creation or, or being as myself. So, um, I did um, forward the European Court of Human Rights, as well as the Employment Tribunal, um, a DVD called The Cross by Arthur Blessed and his journey with the cross. He went around the world carrying his cross. So it had mm. to be noted that it, it was in simplicity, very serious, but in simplicity, Jesus is a you have a personship with God and and you carry on best you can. And I think so, um, this is actually the first time yes. that the UK was found in breach of what the I European did. Convention on Human Rights. Um, an extraordinary thing, right? Um, because it wasn't allowing people, it wasn't allowing Christians to manifest their faith by wearing a little cross uh, necklace. Um, and um, and it's extraordinary as well, isn't it, Andrea, that the UK government lawyers actually argued in court that the cross is not a Christian symbol. Yes, I mean to imagine that um, you know in uh, you know in twenty um, in in, in twenty thirteen twenty fourteen the the UK lawyers were actually arguing that the cross was not a Christian symbol and that it was jewelry. Uh, to the the idea that we were that it could not eat judicial notice in the English courts in, in the in in the UK jurisdiction had not taken judicial notice that the cross was a Christian symbol. This was happening. This was the shift in English jurisprudence. Uh, so something that would have just been accepted historically was no longer being accepted in the courts. But it wasn't even that it wasn't being accepted. It was actively being argued against. And and David Cameron was the prime okay. minister at, at the time. But it, it was an extraordinary state of affairs, but also that very few people uh, within our country or even within the Christian constituency either understood the importance of it in terms of freedom, um, how far it might reach, uh, or, or really could believe what was actually being said. And so again, the profile of, of um, uh, Nadia and his case was really important from that perspective. I think the Nazis trying to come in there. Well, un under <laughs> under under Dameron, um, I can't remember who was the Attorney General. What's his name? I can't remember his name. And I went, I went and had a meeting with him. And it was just before going to Pink Court of Human Rights. Dominic Grieve, um, was it Dominic Grieve? Yeah. Are you accepting to Dominic change? Grieve. Because David, no, it's Dominic Grief. I went to see Dominic Grief. Yeah, uh, Grieve, Grief. Anyway, um, David Cameron was very supportive of the cross case publicly, but when it came to the crunch, he he backed down because he had the opportunity to change legislation to say Christians can be allowed to wear crosses. And I went to see Dominic Brief, and he he um, he's you know, in the case anyone can wear anything, you know, or very f flippant he was. So 
in in the end, we did go proceed to the European Court of Human Rights because David Cameron was given the opportunity to back up his public statement of supporting the cross. And Andrew, it's not so about there were lots of, lot of this, this... attempts. Yeah. So, because um, Andrew, I can see someone here, Wayne Moore. Yeah, but I think, that, saying, that is what uh, I was told, really. Yeah. Does it open the 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 um the door to people wearing all sorts of things or tattoos or um or studs on earrings or whatever? Is that what it's all about? This is how do you? It's not about that, is it, Andrew? What's it about? Well, I think that we find in most places workplaces today that uh, nobody would bat an eyelid at a tattoo. <laughs> You've just just because you mentioned a tattoo there, uh, Tim, and actually everyone looks at tattoos today in our culture. Um, as symbols of what's important to the person. That's quite an interesting mm. thing, isn't it? Mm. Just in terms mm. of our societal sh societal shift, in terms of people very often say, well, this too means this. And mm. the, the, those that are receiving them will listen to it. And it's often of sentimental importance. And I mean, mm. and employers um, are often are usually sympathetic to that. What was um, and of course, just generally in life, we, we're not advocating to, for a massive free-for-all in, in no. terms of how people are dressed in order to go. There's a reason to have uniforms and corporate image. And of course, we don't want to undermine uniforms, corporate discipline, uh, the image. That, that, those things are, of course, very important. We, underst we, under we understand that in terms of how companies project themselves. But that's, that is... That is one balance. That's one. That's one part of the. It's of about the, proportionality, isn't it? And when you've got, when you've got about, people wearing hijabs and wearing turbans and wearing bangles or whatever else it might be, and then they're not allowed to wear a cross, then there's clearly discrimination going on, isn't there? And it's clearly unreasonable to say you can't wear this little cross when people can wear other symbols of faith. And this has been particularly demonstrated, I think, um, very clearly in the in the nurse cross cases. So yeah. the case of Shirley Chaplin, where we had many photos mm -hmm. of other staff in the um, uh, Exeter Trust, in the um, Devon and Exeter Trust, we had many photos of the hijab being worn, of jewellery being worn, of jewellery over lanyards being worn. Um, there was also a rule in that case of, uh, whereby um, the, the, the um, Muslims were able to cover up their arms Whereas very often, um, the uh, particularly in theatre and so on, the the sleeves come up to um, elbow length or shorter. So there were all these um, sorts of irregularities when it came to particular other religions. But as regard as regarded the, the the little cross of Shirley, that became a great point of contention. And in the case of Shirley Chaplin, one of the most extraordinary things that the kit the the court decided without taking theological evidence uh, was this, that the hijab was mandated in Islam to be worn. Mm. And they therefore had to permit for the hijab to be worn. But that because the cross was not a mandated symbol of Christianity, that uh, accommodation should not be made for that and that it posed a health and safety risk. Now mm. we proved categorically, absolutely clearly, on every front that the cross did not pose a health and safety risk. 
the 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 fact that it was made of um, silver meant that it would not uh, cross contaminate. That that was highly unlikely. When they said that the cross needed to be able to be unclasped quickly, we offered to to change the the lock of the cross so that if it got pulled in any way, it would it would just slip away. None of these measures were considered good enough for the employer at that time. They wanted the cross to become invisible. The extraordinary measure then of the government actually saying that the cross was not a Christian symbol. Shirley Chaplin going all the way with Nadia, her case was joined to Nadia's case in the European Court of Human Rights. Together with two, two other cases, that of Lillian Ladelli, you'll remember that she was the civil registrar who said that she would be unable in conscience as a Christian to civilly register two men or two women. And also uh, we had the case of Gary McFarlane, who said he would be unable to give, uh, he, he raised a query as to whether or not he would be able to uh, give sex therapy to two men or two, two women. This was something that he simply raised a question of in training and then he lost his position within Relate. They both argued, so as Shirley Chaplin and Nadia Weider argued that the cross was a manifestation of their faith, so Gary McFarlane and Lillian Ledelli argued that believing in the Christian sexual ethic, that marriage was between one man and one woman, that this was something that was also a manifestation of their faith and framed, um, and framed how they did their work. Now, Within that context, the European Court of Human Rights in Strasbourg said in its judgment clearly, and this has not been said in the United Kingdom, said that yes, it, it did flow as a result of freedom of religion from Article 9. It did flow that believing in marriage between one man and one woman was a Christian manifestation, was a Christian belief. So that was and it could be manifested in work, in public. Now, mm. this was actually a very strong step forward mm. in English law at that point, because all, the, because all the cases had gone against us on that point. But we now had a European judgment that recognised this as important and as a manifestation of faith. What the judges didn't do in Europe, however, although they, it was great that the case of Nadia won outright, well done to Nadia. But what they did with regard to the rest of the cases to, was to say it was a matter of proportionality, it was in, within the margin of appreciation and that this should be left to the domestic court. So they didn't want to interfere with the decision of the domestic courts around health and safety, around their policies and practices within the workplaces whilst however acknowledging that they believe that there had been an interference with Article 9 or that in fact, or that it was arguable and that in fact the manifestations that we have been arguing were real uh, as against the, the, the Article 9 uh, expression of them as a manifestation of faith. So it was really important judicial precedent, jurisprudence, mm, not hard mm. precedent, but became in the con it it then became part of the com well part of not i say the conversation yes part of the public conversation yeah. but also
part of so, jurisprudential argument within the courtroom around which we went on to then argue many other cases. Yeah, so now, Nadia, thank you so much for your stance, because it set a real foundation, I think, for where we are today and a real foundation in law. And you fast forward to 2022, just last week, and we had the result of Mary Anua, a very similar case to Shirley Chaplin's case, wanted to wear a little cross, uh, confirmation cross again, um, on her uniform as a nurse. Uh, other people could wear hijabs and other things and so on, um, but she couldn't wear the cross, discriminated against. And then in this case though, Andrea, they, they accepted evidence that the cross is a Christian symbol and a central importance in Christianity and uh, is very important and an object of persecution in some countries um, and um, and some people feel in conscience as Christians, they want to have a visible manifestation of their faith. And so all of that was accepted. And Nadia's case was cited in the judgment, um, was it not, as well as evidence for that and as, as a precedent that ought to be listened to. And therefore, in the first round, you had, I don't know how many rounds you had, Nadia, of course, all saying no. But in the first round employment tribunal, they said, yes, this is discrimination. And um, and harassment for being a Christian, and uh, therefore Mary Noah won her case, and considerable thanks goes to Nadia and the others um, all those years ago who set these presidents in that. Absolutely, and it was absolutely wonderful that Nadia contacted us to say well done, and that, and 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 again that just shows um, you know the care. Very pleased. Yes, I mean, to say around... I, I was very pleased. I fasted and I prayed and I... That's absolutely brilliant. But yeah. just, and has no worries. It's just great sorry. to see you. I'm sorry we're having the connection trouble. But to say with regard to Mary, her battle was also a long one as well, uh, but not so evidently in the courts. But with mm. um, the NH Trust, NHS Trust down in Croydon, she could also have given up. But she said that mm. she had to do this for the NHS, for other nurses like her, because she was first told to take off her cross in 2014. So we are, again, with, a, you know, we are seven, eight, it's similar to you, Nadia, about seven or eight years. She did, she refused to take it off. And then again, in 20, it went quiet, but in 2017, 2018, again, she was asked to take off her cross. And um, she, she was, again, just like Nadia, <laughs> She was put behind the scenes. You can do go and do filing. The same thing happened to Shirley Chaplin. Go and work behind the scenes. Go and do uh, paper filing. Go and sit on the reception desk. Don't be a nurse. And you know, the case in the case of um, Mary Anua, she's a very experienced theatre practitioner. Now, let me just say this: when she's absolutely in theatre, of course, she completely scrubs up. So she puts on the full lot of scrubs, which you have to do. But the rest of the time, she is there in a normal use nurse's uniform with yeah. her cross that is visible. They were arguing continually the cross should not be visible, should be taken away, when we were able to produce a lot of evidence to show that lanyards were being worn, far more dangerous than the little cross. Um, other jewellery was being worn, dangly jewellery was being... During neckties. Neckties, all of this was being worn. Uh, but some of the most... Let me just read for you a few of the... The, the 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 brilliant words in the judgment 
um, these, uh, paragraph 181 of the judgment, you've got the cross is of central importance to Christianity. The cross is a, is a symbol of Christianity. The church attaches particular importance to the symbolism of the cross. The symbolism of the cross plays um, a, a daily part in the devotional life of committed Catholics. There's a tradition of wearing a physical cross, which is a very long standing. The wearing of the cross is not and should not be simply seen as a fashion accessory. In some parts of the world, stopping Christians from displaying the cross has been a feature of wider persecution campaigns. 181.10, there's biblical teacher imploring Christians, imploring Christians to be open about their faith and not to hide it. And I saw a wonderful comment here from Adrian, which said um, that the that it was because he was wearing a cross that someone reached, um, actually approached him um, because, because they saw, she said she saw my cross and felt told to do so as she would be safe um, if she approached. And that's exactly the kind of thing. And in a world that's hurting, um, I think that symbols are going to become increasingly important. In a world that no longer understands the importance of the cross, no matter what's your denomination. And it's true that, um, you know, the Orthodox, Coptic, uh, Catholic, um, Catholics have long attached importance to the symbolism of the cross. But increasingly in a world, in, the, in the, the wearing of the cross, the visibility of the cross, but in a world that's entirely forgotten the, what the cross is and its importance, I think increasingly Christians will need to identify publicly in some way as being Christian uh, in this country. The tribunal found that the trust, the NHS trust at the hospital, had directly discriminated or harassed Mary Anua um, for, because of her Christian religion or her manifestation of it. And it held it that they had victimized her because she raised a grievance around it. And, and Nadia knew that because Nadia stood up to them, because Nadia raised a grievance. So she then was harassed and victimized. This is the pattern. And I have to say this, that most people then stand down. Mm. Most people then stand down, and most people would have, in Nadia's situation, said, okay, they've changed their policy, I can wear my cross, I stand down. But because she had been victimised in the way that she had, because they had sought to remove the symbol, because it was for purely a, a business decision, and the discrimination remained, and the lack of acknowledgement of the cross was done, she pursued it, and she has been vindicated. Um, also, what it means, the judgment in Marianua, is this, that the policy which prohibits the wearing of a small cross worn on a fine chain was in itself discriminatory. Mm. So a policy, yes. a policy preventing that is in itself um, discriminatory. It then, this series of finding the importance of wearing the cross uh, for Christians is very important indeed. And the other thing that they did in Marianua's case, which I loved, um, was said common sense should apply. Yes, mm. common, good old common sense. And mm. it was it's as if in the case of Nadia and in the case of Shirley Chaplin yeah. and in the seven years leading up, the, the way in which they treated Mary Anua. You know, in the end, Mary Anua was a very strong woman, but she became sick um, uh, through through the anxiety of it all, through the mm. pressure of it all, through the, through the pre pressure of pressure of it common sense 
would say you don't punish, you don't put behind closed doors, you work it out. They just weren't applied. They became so entrenched that mm. they became insistent that the cross should be uh, should be removed. Mm. So much. And why so do you think the cross was targeted in particular, Andrea or Nadia? You know, when they allow all these other things, and the cross is the one that they pick on in the end. Even a little, even a tiny little cross. Well, let me tell you this. I mean, in the case of Mary Noel, one of the most I think human beings. Is the, are we there, Nadia? I think she might have frozen out. Afraid. Yeah, one of the one of the. I hear. Yeah, I can't hear everything, but. <laughs> One of the extraordinary things in the case of Mary Noah was that a surgery was interrupted no. to remove so, uh, somebody was actually on the operating table and a manager came in yeah. to remove Mary from that situation. Mm. She was actually at that point, the, 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 the nurse that was between the theater, the aftercare and, and the operating theater and an extraordinary um, set of, uh, set of set of events. What do I say, Tim, about the 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 cross? It, I, it's 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 because the cross has always been an offence, and yeah, yeah. and and people become very entrenched around it. Yeah. It doesn't make it, it it doesn't make sense in any to understand it in any other way. Mm. Listen, Nadia, we want to really thank you, and I know many of the people viewing as well have expressed um, their thanks to you. Um, for your stance, for your uncompromising stance, for your strength in the Lord, the, the strength that the Lord gave you uh, to take this stance and to uh, lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and lose and lose before finally winning and setting a remarkable precedence and a historic judgment that um, still has repercussions to this day and has had repercussions only last week in Mary Anua's case as well. Um, so we're so grateful for that and your legacy lives on and will continue uh, to live on. We love it. Um, and uh, thank you for joining us. Thank you, Andrea, as well. Thank you for joining us today. I hope you found that an inspiring uh, conversation as, as I did. And um, look forward to see you again at uh, the same time next week. Also on Monday night, 8 p.m., we have Professor Jonathan Burnside joining us for a very illuminating talk, Why Bother with Biblical Law? Um, so do watch out for that and join us for that. We'll be, have live Q&A with him afterwards as well um, so we're looking forward to that as well and see you next week thank you very much <laughs> <laughs>